Welcome to A Drink of Wisdom. Nathan Drinkard, I'm Jay Watts. Thanks for spending some of your time with us. We're on Anchor, we're on Apple Podcasts, we're on Spotify. If you're looking for us in the video format, you can find us on the A Drink of Wisdom YouTube channel. Would have been on Colorcast Live today, but Amazon Web Services uh, not cooperating today. So, But um, you can still find us at all the normal locations. We're just not streaming today. Hopefully we back. Uh, we'll be back on there Friday. What's going on, Drink? Oh, yeah, baby. You know what time it is on another tremendous Tuesday. You know I'm ready to get here. I'm ready to get into here, snap a, a slim gym when we get to this college football talk. But I know we got to get to some other talk before that. So, hey, with that said, man, how everything over there with you and yours? Good, man. Better than uh, better than sitting in Buffalo last night in that windstorm. I'll tell you that much about you. <laughs> The good old windstorm. Oh, no, nah, you know I'm happy. I ain't standing in a windstorm. But with that said, y'all know what it is. Another day, another dollar. We got to give the streets what they need. We see what they don't and absolutely say what they want. And uh, set your dinner plates because it's time to eat. And no, I don't care if you ate already. You're going to eat again. And last but not least, let's talk some sports, baby. Jay, what you got for us today? All right, episode 23 of season three, Big Ben, Best Lamar, the Tide Rolls, Georgia, and we give our take on the Heisman Trophy finalist. So, you know, now we're going to jump into this NFL action. Last night, um, we I think it was a matchup, you know, an AFC East matchup for sure, but a matchup for the top of the AFC, I thought, um, with, the, with the New England Patriots going to visit the Buffalo Bills. Um, let's just say, you know, one of these teams end up winning with only throwing three uh, passes, which is um, highly outrageous, I thought, when I seen that stat. I had to look at it at least two or three times to make sure it was a real stat. And, yes, folks, it was a real stat. Um, but, yeah, the Patriots won 14-10. Um, and, and, and the Patriots, see, now they sit atop the AFC. So, Jay, my question is simple. Are the New England Patriots – Legitimate Super Bowl contenders. Yes, yes, they have to be. Because <laughs> and the reason they have to be is because the AFC is still so muddled. We just I mean it could be it could be anyone at this point. It could still I mean you got you got New England doing what they're doing, you got Kansas City, they're hot as well. It look I mean it looks like it's the same old Kansas City, New England collision course right now. Um you know, I'm not a believer in the Titans. Um, the the Ravens will get to them in a moment. I mean, they got they got some real problems right now. Uh, and anybody else you throw in there, you know, we, I mean, Buffalo. I mean, my lord. I mean, they just this is a team who you know, looking off last year, you know, it looked like they were ready to kind of control this division, and they they not they don't appear ready to control this division. They got they got some problems too that they're that they're dealing with. It's this was definitely one of the most bizarre games I've seen. The win was 25 to 35 with 50 55 mile power gust, which we had the Jacksonville correspondent on. He probably tells a little bit more about the weather that, uh, up in uh, up in Orchard Park. But um, you know, you have, when you have a situation where the Patriots and with Bill Belichick, they can win in so many different ways, including throwing three passes. Um, I don't, I'd like to, I'm a little, I'm a little bit like just confused on, cause they did have the, they had the win, the win at their back in the second and 
fourth quarters, I, I felt like they could have done something. And, like, all three of their passes, like, the first one was a – they threw three passes, so I can remember them all. They threw what was a play-action boot, and they just threw a little lob to Jonu Smith, who made a great catch. And then the yeah. next one was, like, he rolled right. I think that this was in the fourth quarter, and that's the one that got knocked away by uh, one of the Bills' defensive backs. And then they threw a screen pass. So not only did they throw the ball three times, but they didn't, I mean, they didn't throw the ball, you know, more than 10 yards down the field. You contrast what that what Buffalo did. I mean, the one thing, like, at least Buffalo got the quarterback who has one of the, one of the strongest, if not the strongest arm out there. So he's, they at least got the guy that can, you know, throw the ball through those conditions, even though he, he also, you know, obviously has some struggles with it. But on Buffalo, I mean, but but New England, you got You do have to look at them seriously because, how, just they, we know they got the best coach in the game, Bill Belichick, and they can just the way they game plan and the way they play defense. I mean, this defense is something special with uh, with Matt Judon and J.C. Jackson and Hightower and Van Noy and all these guys. They just they they just they just handle their business and they just they so disciplined, they're so well coached, even down to the last play where they hadn't ran a all-out blitz the entire game. They run that one, and then you have this backup safety playing for uh, Kyle Duggar, who just has a has what he's got. He's got Beasley running across his face, and then he just reads the quarterback who's trying to come to Diggs, who's behind him, and he just steps in front and gets a hand on the pass to the end of the game. Uh in a, in a year where there is no, I, I think it's fair to say, I think we've seen enough of this action, there's no elite team in the AFC. I mean, if Mac Jones, no disrespect, but if he's quarterback in the best team in the AFC, there is no bet. There, there is no elite team. The Chiefs still, I, the Chiefs still, with, with Patrick Mahomes and the way their defense is playing, they're playing pretty well. They still, they probably have the highest ceiling. But um, in, in one game in the playoffs, in the AFC title game, I mean, Bill Belichick can dial up, can dial up anything to, to, to contain or stop anybody. And um, I, I'm, I've got to tell you, I mean, Buffalo, Buffalo is disappointing. And I, I know uh, some of the Bills defenders, there was a low in their feelings last night after the game because, you know, a reporter asked them, you know, should they feel embarrassed after uh, losing a game where – uh, their opponent only threw the ball three times, and they, I think, you know, I think Micah Hyde took some offense to it. He should take offense to the fact that they lost the game when a quarterback only threw the ball three times. I mean, I, I ain't never in my life. I mean, if you, what are we, what are we looking at here? Well, how many? Let's see, how many plays? What you read? Forty-six runs, forty-six runs and three passes. I don't know, drink. I mean, if if you if you're that lopsided in the run pass game. Uh, I I don't know. I didn't see enough. Leslie Frazier, hello. I mean, New England coming out there with like more than half the time, maybe upwards sixty percent of the time, they had six offensive linemen out there. Why don't you bring more defensive linemen into the game? You don't have no backups you can plug in there and like make things harder. Um, why are you even paying attention to these wide receivers? The uh, who who you, you had Greasy and Riddick on the call last night. One of them made a made a great point about when Nikhil Harry's in the game and he's tight to the formation, it's probably a run to the outside. Well, if he knows that, if the dude in the booth knows that, what are you doing? I mean, this ain't and this ain't Tony Romo in the booth, by the way, who's just diagramming every play. This is ESPN's next best thing that they just threw in the booth one day. 
So, I'm just. Dang. I'm just saying. Like, this rough on the ESPN crew, ain't it? Deserve it. They're, 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 they're substandard. You know it. I know it. We all know it. I, I'm just, I, I got to tell you, I'm perplexed. 46 runs and three passes, and you just, you couldn't stop them? You couldn't stop them. And, you know, it was into the, it was the fourth, beginning of the fourth quarter, or I think they had just switched sides. And then finally, here comes Matt Milano on back-to-back plays, and he's in the backfield, and he gets Stevenson for a couple of losses. I mean, where was, the, where was that type of effort and just playing downhill? Because this team, I mean, it just – it was incredible. They refused to let Mac Jones throw the ball. I don't, know if, I don't know if that was completely 100% what they wanted to do and just, hey, Mac, you know, we've had some games where, you know, you haven't had to do a whole lot. Well, get ready, because you ain't seen nothing yet. You got three passes. That's all you're getting tonight. And the Bills' defense, the Bills' defense was the really the good part of this game because the offense wasn't nothing to write home about. I mean, they got they let their quarterback go in there and sling it because they have no run game. Uh, Singletary, 10 for 36. Zach Moss, 8 for 21. These guys, these guys have been a massive disappointment. They've been such a disappointment that we got the return of Matt Breida, and he comes in and fumbles the ball one. He fumbles the ball on his first carry, and he's never seen from again. <laughs> the best, car- your best runner was Josh Allen, six for thirty-nine. Everybody else was what is that, nineteen for sixty? They're just they're terrible. They're terrible running the ball. This offensive line just isn't as good as we thought it was. Um. Now you, you got a situation where you don't have Tredavious White now on the defense. That's gonna I'm sorry, every game ain't gonna be a win bowl. So I gotta I gotta think that when you play some of these other teams in better conditions, they're gonna have some trouble uh stopping passing games. Their only score was off of a Nikhil Harry just uh bum mistake on a punt that they immediately threw a touchdown off of. New England, New England is a threat to, to make an appearance in the Super Bowl because teams like Buffalo, who we thought were going to be something, they're just they're, they're just uh, slightly above average football teams. And Buffalo is not alone. There's other teams the same way, but in a in a field that this that is this crowded and this muddled, yes, yes, New England, New England, New England could make the Super Bowl. Um. Okay. So. Yes, of course. I think New England is a, a, a real Super Bowl contender. And here's the deal: um, now that we have this out of whack play in the AFC, I think coaching is starting to come back to matter a little more than usual. And I mean, let's let's go ahead and cut it how we cut it. Bill is one of the best in the business. Bill Belichick, that is, um, when it comes to coaching. And I mean, listen, we talked about this last week. I I do think. Bill has found this recipe with this team that makes him feel comfortable, that makes him feel like, okay, I can win on my terms again the way I'm used to winning, where I don't have to, you know. I mean, yeah, they did break the bank in free agency, but he's not so dependent on certain athletes now. He can kind of mold this team into a certain system. You know, um, game manager at quarterback, elite defensive play, and you know a cup, a wide receiver or two that can get it done. Now I ain't talking like he got Randy Moss on the roster, but you know th- these guys he do got. You know Myers, um, Bourne, you know Aguilar. That I mean, listen, 
if you if you separate those names and put them on a team, you're probably like, uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, do we got a spot for them? Maybe not. But together as a collective with the with John New Smith and Hunter Henry, they it's it's just enough. And the funny thing is. We're talking about all the money they spent in the offseason on the wide receiver core just to come in this game and throw three passes. So think about that. <laughs> yes. Think about that, right? Yeah. But I do got a I do got a question for you. Check this out. If I told you one of these quarterbacks had a QBR of 4.3, do you think he won or lost? No, I I, I did see that. I don't understand how <laughs> off three passes that he's I don't. I don't get that. I, somebody will have to explain that to me. I, I don't. I don't get it. It makes no sense that you could throw three passes, not turn the ball over, and have a QBR that low. I'm. I don't get it. I guess you. They must. They must penalize you for not throwing the ball. I guess, man. That is a pretty low uh, QBR to be a winning quarterback. But I look at that man and, and listen. I go to um, a, a comment that was made in the post the post game conference. Um, by by the head coach Sean McDermott, he made it clear. He's like, hey, hold up, before we give Bill Belichick all this credit, just know, I don't think there was. Listen, I think it was more at play than just Bill here. I'm just saying, before we start giving him all the credit and all the praise, you know, the game was 14-10 for God's sake. It wasn't like he did something incredible to win the game. Um, he didn't say it just like that, folks. That's just that's just a drink of wisdom paraphrase. Um, he said it in a more professional manner, but that's what I heard. That's my ears heard. Um, so, and he's right. He's right. Listen, you take this run game out, the bill, the, the the Patriots didn't do anything spectacular. However, the reason I asked that question about Super Bowl contenders because let you 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 alluded to this last week. They knocked off your favorite um, AFC team or that the Tennessee Titans um, yes. minus. Um, I'm just playing, folks. His team is the Denver Broncos, but, you know, I had to take a jab. Um, you know, Tennessee <laughs> Titans minus Derrick Henry. Um, they knocked them off, and I think at the time, the Titans were the number one seed in the AFC, and then this week they turn around, they knock off the Buffalo Bills, um, a team that they'll be fighting within a division for the top seed of the AFC, which, and then, you know, the Ravens lost. So they kind of catapulted them to number one in the AFC just because, you know, the chaos or what have you. Listen, man, I'm with you. That run game for for the Buffalo, Singletary and Moss, they must got the same agent as Jalen Rager right now because they ain't trying to play, man. I don't know. They, they ain't trying to play. They, they, this is not it. Um, they out here with on, on the no show roster. Um, that's just not. That's I don't I don't know what to say about that. And I think that maybe like you said, we over we overvalued the Bills' offensive line, but we did it for a reason because we have watched this offensive line for at least the last two seasons, and it's been playing at a really elite level. I don't know what happened. Maybe I'm missing a guy that was there that I gotta overlook. But at the end of the day, this is this is kind of un, unsettling what the Buffalo Bills got going on. And I, full full disclosure, I had the Buffalo Bills as winning the the division and being in the AFC Championship game again, and having a shot at the the Super Bowl. But <laughs> looking at this, I don't know, man. I don't know. And and to New England, listen. You know, a lot of people had a lot to say about Bill's decision of letting Cam Newton go. 
and could he win it with a, a rookie quarterback? And could he win this division with a rookie quarterback? And, you know, be careful what you ask for, right? And he seemed to be making it happen. And listen, I told, I told a guy this today at work. All I can tell you is Mac Jones is a winner. He came from a, a winning high school to a winning college. Now he he's starting off his NFL, NFL career as a winner. Say what you want to, but you can argue with your mama because that's a fact. He, those three things are a fact. As of right now, those are facts. What, what happens later on in the season, I don't know. But to, to your point, when you pair an elite defense with a with a just all you really need is a game manager. He ain't got to do nothing elite. I mean, look at his last couple of games. It ain't really been all that elite, folks. And it's still enough to win. And you're on top of the AFC. I do agree with you. There's zero elite teams in the AFC. Zero. Like you said, if it's a rookie at the top of the heat, and we got $500 million Patrick Mahomes and $258 million Josh Allen and soon to be $200 plus million Lamar Jackson, I, I, I don't know. But I, I'm, I'm just saying from what I'm hearing, the top three quarterbacks right now in the AFC is rookie Mac Jones, second-year Joe Burrow, or is it third year? I think it's second year. Second-year Joe Burrow. Second year Justin Herbert, like these are the names I'm hearing. These are the names, you know. So I'm I'm with you on that. The AFC looking a little flippity flop flop razzle dazzle drip drip. I don't know what's going on. I mean, I mean, but and all, I I think the Patriots are a Super Bowl contender. All right, so staying in the NFL, um. You know, Sunday, one of the prime time, you know, at the 4 o'clock games, one of the most sought-after games was the Baltimore Ravens versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, that game ended on a failed two-point conversion um, by, you know, from uh, Lamar Jackson to um, Mark Andrews. And that, that failed, and the Steelers end up winning 20-19. to 19. So, Jay, did the Steelers win this game? Or did the Ravens lose this game? Oh man, that's a that's a good one. Steelers won the game, twenty nineteen. Uh, but I look, <laughs> look, John Harbaugh, he helped he helped them out a little bit. I mean, I see I, the two point conversion to win the game at the end. The way I generally see that is that's normally what an inferior team does to try to. You know, just pull the pull the rug underneath the other guys at the end. Right. I don't get like to me. I still look at Baltimore as not necessarily better, but they're the team. Even with all the injuries and even with Lamar, the touchdown to interception ratio right now is it's not pretty. But I still I got I got a little bit more faith in Baltimore than Pittsburgh. I just do. Even after this game, by the way. But uh, so that's why it just confuses me that John Harbaugh would try to pull this two-point conversion at the end. And, uh, okay, and this I was looking for his explanation. I was just wanted to confirm. He said, we were pretty much out of corners at that point in time. We are trying to win the game right there. <sighs> okay, um, I don't know, John, all you got to do is overtime. So, I mean, it's a, and I know this is a gamble. And you, you very, could very well be right. 
But how about you receive the ball in overtime, march down the field, score a touchdown, and it don't matter how many corners you have. But he ain't think of that. He just want to win the game right there. Uh, but that, but that's okay. So with that said, it's a gamble no matter what he done, right? Because if he go for two points, it's a gamble. If he go, if he kicks the field goal, the extra point, and go in overtime, is a gamble. So can you say he was gonna have to gamble anyway? I think yes. But my 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 counterpoint to that is just what I was saying earlier. When you have the better team, I think it benefits you to play more football because generally over time, the better team comes out. Generally, generally speaking, the better team comes With out. With no on corners, top. I don't know. Do you have the better team. I don't know. I feel like that's somewhat of an exaggeration. He had no corners. Was Anthony Averett not there? I know. I know he lost Humphrey. I get all that, but something tells me like you could have done. You could have done something else. And, and I mean, it's the Steelers. Like, is it not beyond the 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 pale of the imagination to have Big Ben come out there and just, you know, throw a couple of ducks. I mean, it's not like it's Big Ben at the age of, I don't know, almost 40, whatever it is. This ain't the Big Ben from 10 years ago when he was winning Super Bowls. It's just not. So I think, I mean, I, I mean, I, I understand his way of thinking to a point. And to his credit, by the way, it almost worked. It almost worked. I mean, Lamar was just a hair off target on the pass. But um, I, I didn't I didn't love the call. I think when when you're the when when you're the better team, even even with no corners, I think I think it would have. I think if Baltimore goes into overtime, they still have a great great chance of winning. And they had just like the momentum had just turned in the game. It looked like Pittsburgh was going to win the game. Lamar Lamar takes him on a really nice drive, hits Watkins uh, for the touchdown, and then I mean it's Justin Tucker, so he's going to tie the game for you. Um. This is this is a this was a somewhat of a bad loss for Baltimore. They've been Baltimore has been in these type of games all year. They've had, uh, you know, going back to the beginning of the season when it they had the Raiders. They should have beat them, and then the very next week the Chiefs should have beat them. And then that was I think Edwards Hilaire couldn't hold on the ball. They've just been in these close one score games pretty much the entire year. I think it's getting to a point now. That they're just they're gonna they're gonna fall back to the pack just a little bit. I don't think you can win by the skin of your teeth by the skin of your teeth every single week, and that's I think that's what happened this week. And just to, you got you got to think about it. You know, you go back a couple weeks to the Miami game. I think Miami and Brian Flores kind of showed teams what they can do against Lamar Jackson. And I know I think maybe you know it might be the natural inclination is to just. Um, just you know, sit back and try to play zone and try to rally and tackle Lamar Jackson if he takes off. You know, Brian Flores bucked that trend. He said, you know what? We just gonna go. Everybody gonna go to the line of scrimmage and we just gonna attack. We're not gonna rush everybody all the time, but there are gonna be a lot of times where we gonna run a cover zero blitz and we coming to get you. And it's gonna we just gonna put the pressure on Lamar Jackson to see if he can get the ball out early. Drink. He just hasn't been able to do that. He just ain't been able to do it. And then in this game. It, it was less – I don't think it was so much the Pittsburgh Blitz, but, I mean, these these guys led by T.J. Watt uh, just made it happen. I mean, three and a half sacks. This guy's got – I don't know. He's got like 14 sacks maybe already, something crazy. He's got to be uh, up there for defensive player of the year. And um, the Pittsburgh defense, you, you saw this. You saw this a couple weeks ago. Maybe it was last week, not too long ago. But they had T.J. Watt out, Joe Hayden out, Minka Fitzpatrick out. 
and they got um the last two games were not pretty for this defense. You still didn't have Hayden, but you get T.J. Watt, you get Minka uh, back, and you see what a difference that made to this defense. And, um, you know, Pittsburgh's offense wasn't too – it wasn't great. It wasn't great uh, for the better part of this game, but they ended up doing enough. Deontay Johnson, I think he's a guy – might be one of the more underrated receivers in football. He had a big game, 100 yards, two touchdowns. And, uh, you know, we talk about the offensive line of Pittsburgh. They seemingly – they're getting, you know, just – getting a little bit better each and every week, trying to, you know, get that chemistry going because they had a lot of turnover in that offensive line uh, last year with no uh, Villanueva, Pouncey, DeCastro. And, uh, you know, I, I still – Pittsburgh, this was kind of a last – the one thing I would say to where – and I think both of us had Pittsburgh in this game, it just felt like after two weeks of just looking god-awful, one thing we know about the Steelers, they're they not going to finish below 500. They're not going to come out here and make fools out of themselves because Mike Town is one of the best coaches in football. And that's what this game kind of felt like. Kind of felt like a last stand um, at home division rival who a lot of who most people probably think is better than Pittsburgh. And Pittsburgh comes into this game, a very, a very uh, classic rivalry game. I think it's the best rivalry in, rivalry in football. And they just made it happen. I mean, Big Man made some cl clutch plays uh, down the stretch. They needed the defense to uh, – they needed to make one play to hold on at the end. John Harbaugh assisted them. He did by, by that by that two-point call. But it, but even so, um, but even so, I think Baltimore still is in a little bit more – in a better position because they're still a game and a half up. But it's just – look, it's the AFC, like just like we was talking about the last segment. I mean, we, we don't know. I mean, Pittsburgh might – this game might catapult them back into, you know, being somewhat of a contender. It's definitely going to, you know – they got, they got the tiebreaker with Baltimore right now. And the AFC North right now, Baltimore 8-4, and four, Cincy 7-5, Pittsburgh 6-5-1, and, and Cleveland, shockingly in last place at 6-6, six six, is still up for grabs right now, even for Cleveland. Yo, bad Cleveland up. Put brown, them brown, the brown paperbacks y'all used to have back in the day, bring them back. Listen, <laughs> um, <clears throat> I'm, I'm going to so go straight to the point about the two-point conversion. I, for one, don't – I thought it was an aggressive call. I liked the call because even if he didn't give the no cornerback thing, I get – I do – I agree with you. When you're the better team, you don't go for that. I don't necessarily know if Baltimore was the better team at that moment, though, even without the, without the cornerback issue. I don't know because Lamar Jackson and, like, they so up and down, I don't know because when I look at that, right – when I'm looking at Baltimore offense against uh, Pittsburgh's defense. I think Pittsburgh defense is the better unit on the field at that time. So I think you go back, you say, listen, we drop our best two-point play, and let's try to win this now and put the pressure on the Steelers to close it out. And, you know, unfortunately, you don't, you don't get it. You don't get all the breaks. And even though they didn't get the two-point conversion, I don't necessarily – I mean, I don't think it's a bad call. Get Get it over with, because clearly, as the head coach, you feel like you ha you have a major deficiency going into overtime, and that's why you're trying to avoid it, because you like we go into overtime, we're definitely gonna lose. Let's try to win it now. I'm not mad at that, you know, but I do agree with what you said. When you're considered the better team, you shouldn't put yourself in that harm. You got the best kicker in the NFL, probably gonna go down as the best kicker in NFL history if he keep kicking the way he's kicking. However, I understood the play. Now, to the game itself, 
this the, the game itself is the reason why I kind of agree with Jim, Jim, uh, John Harbaugh's you know decision because the more I look at Lamar Jackson and you know seeing him up close and personal, it's just something that's just like you said that. That whole, he, he, he struggles to pass against a blitz. He struggles to see the open area when somebody blitz him. He don't, he don't really put the money, I mean, put the ball on the money. He's more of a, I'm going to put the ball in the area and hope my receiver is there type guy. And it's just like the NFL didn't caught up to it. Like point blank period, the NFL has caught up to it. And he seemed to have more struggles this year than usual with that. We just seen, and to your point, we just seen what the Dolphins did to him. We never considered the Dolphins to be a defensive juggernaut. However, that's what happens when your quarterback has a, a distinct, clear disadvantage, and you can take advantage of it. That's what we've seen. Listen, they need, they're going to have to get this fixed. And I know a lot of people are like, well, it's the run game. It's the run game. Listen. Freeman ain't chopped liver back there. I'm tired of people blaming it on the run game. Is is he the Freeman that got a contract with the Falcons? No. But he's not, you know, he's not uh, Devin Singletary either. Like, I, yeah, I'm, he's out here actually playing. You know what I'm saying? You, you're going to tell me if you get 14 carries for 52 yards and a touchdown and five catches for 55 yards, you can't make anything out of that? I mean, come on, man. What are we doing here? You can't, you can't, listen, and for what it's worth, Lamar Jackson had the same amount of yards rushing as Devontae uh, Freeman had catching. So I'm just saying, maybe we need to define the roles on the team. You are a running back. You are a quarterback. You guys are wide receivers. Couple of tight ends. Like, because it just seems like a little confusion on the offense side of the board. But, you know, I want to get that round of applause of Sammy Watkins. Finally showed up. He, he woke up out of his grave somewhere and, you know, four catches for 39 yards and a touchdown. Sammy, good, good job, Sammy. Way, way to show up once a year. Thank you for your annual presence. We'll see you next season. And, but then you get the four catches from, from Mark Andrews, uh, four yards for Four catches for 50 yards, and evidently the one he wanted the most was a two-point conversion that kind of, you know, got overthrown. I say all that to say this, and I'm glad you said this about the division. That whole division is still in the playoff. Even though I'm giving the Browns crap because they play like crap, you are what you are. What they say, you are what you eat. Maybe they out there eating crap. I don't know. But they still five. They still a 500 team, and they're the worst team in their division. So that's hope. Because all you got to do is beat a couple of teams in your division and you might still be looking good for that seventh playoff spot, you know. Um, but, you know, Big Ben, I, and I, I do agree with you. Even though Big Ben has been up and down this offseason, I mean, this, this whole season, as that offensive line starts to progress, Big Ben seems to be a little more trustworthy of the offensive line. And when Big Ben is trustworthy, Guess what? Now Najee Harris can run a little harder because he's saying, if the old man in front of me is trusting the offensive line, let me go ahead and get, let me get some. That and what does that allow? Once you once you le- unleash Najee Harris, right? Now Johnson, Claypool, F- Firemurth, however you say his name, like these guys can catch more balls. They can stretch the field more. 
And, I mean, if you look at the stats, that's kind of what you – I mean, like you said, Johnson, eight catches, 105 yards, two touchdowns. All right, cool. I can live with that. Claypool, two – hey, Claypool, I got you on my fantasy team. I would just like for you to do a little more. Either way, that's not terrible, but from a personal standpoint, I expect excellence. So, uh, you know, they got enough. They have a good – like, we ain't even – I ain't talking about defense. Defense look like they back on – they grizzly right now. They back on the grind doing what they do. And this this is a playoff team. The Pittsburgh Steelers is a playoff team. Whether we we say Big Ben is old and slow, which that is true – but they're still a playoff team. I think that's especially in the AFC. We talk about how the AFC is just a flop show. You can't tell me the Steelers is not a playoff team if the whole conference is a flop show. Like, my God, Mac Jones, rookie, leading that conference. So, yeah, I'm definitely going to say Pittsburgh is a playoff team at this point. And for the Ravens, man, like, listen, um, as far as this game go, I, I, I personally think the Steelers did win the game. Because because of the pressure that the Steelers was applying on the Ravens, I, I think that had something to do with John Harbaugh saying, let's go for two. Because he he's he felt in his heart like, yeah, I know he's saying about the cornerback thing, but he did. I think he felt like we could lose this game in overtime, so let's try to do it now. It did not work, so they lost it in regulation. So they saved everybody some time because it didn't go into overtime. Um, let's just call it what it is. But at the end of the day, I think the Steelers won the game more than the Ravens lost, but the Ravens gonna have to get it together, man. This is not this this is not gonna be. You can't win like this, and it's about that time that Lamar Jackson wins something, and he's not gonna win like this. So he might. They're gonna have to figure some some things out in Baltimore. One yeah. One quick note, since you know, I'd, at this point Pittsburgh, they look like a team that can sneak into the back the back uh, the back end of the playoffs, be that final wild card. The thing I just want to bring to the, everyone's attention, there's only three teams in the AFC who have fewer than six wins, and that's the Jets, Jaguars, and Texans. Everybody else has six wins or more. Twelve of those 13 teams are 500 or better. You got Miami at six and seven. You got Denver, Cleveland, and the Raiders at six and six. Indy is seven and six. Pittsburgh, six, five, and one. All of those teams would be out. If the playoffs started that your wild cards would be Buffalo, Cincy, and, and the Chargers, and you'd have New England, Tennessee, Baltimore, and Kansas City. So some of these teams, like we still viewing them as kind of playoff material. Like even Cleveland at six and six, we know they got plenty of talent and they should be better than what they are. But there's gonna be some solid football teams that get left out of this. Um, even Miami, as hot as they are with five straight wins. They're still out of 16 teams and 13. They, 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 if they want to make the playoffs, they got to keep rolling. All right, moving on to college football and the college football championship weekend recap. Drink's feeling good today because the Crimson Tide handled business, beating Georgia 41-24. Uh, that was checks notes. A uh, whole lot more points than Georgia has allowed to anyone else this season. And but beyond that, you have Cincinnati clinched their playoff spot, uh, taking down a pretty good Houston team, which had only one loss heading in and was ranked in the top 25. They beat them 35-20. Michigan solidified their playoff position with a dominant win over the Kirk Ferences and the Iowa Hawkeyes, 42-3. Uh, elsewhere, 
Uh, Oklahoma State did uh, did not do the thing. They came up inches short against Baylor. They lose it 21-16. And then what do we else? What else we have? We have oh, oh Pac-12 and ACC. Uh, go ahead, Drink. Uh, what do you What are your thoughts? I think I got an idea where you're going to start. Well, I just want I just want you to know this is going to be a totally objective view. Um, I'm a very fair guy, but um, um. <laughs> You know, I don't want anybody to think I'm going to come in here rooting for one single team because that's ridiculous, all right? Oh, yeah, baby, you know what time it is. Let's get into it. Um, But I thought a Georgia fan said something. Did a Georgia fan say something? I thought a Georgia fan said something. Where, where we at, Georgia? Where we at? All, all rise? What, what, what y'all slogan is down there? Go dog. Hey, that's what it was? Best team. What well, this is the best defense in the modern day era. If you don't say, well, hmm. Under further review, this Georgia defense uh, is about as questionable as the University of Buffalo. Thank you. Look, um, yeah, I'm talking that talk uh, because after this segment. <laughs> I won't be talking that talk anymore until we see how the playoffs roll out. But, oh, yeah, the Georgia fans deserve this one, baby. You deserve this one. Fresh off the off the stove, fresh out the oven, Krispy Kreme donut light on. You know what time it is. So here, here's what we've seen, folks. <laughs> you've seen a very um, elite quarterback. And dare I say the best quarterback that Georgia has seen by a mile. Um, come into this game with some elite targets. You know, one being Jameson Williamson. That, 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 that. He's probably just wrapped up, you know, that Belivnikoff award with that oh, he's, performance. Oh, he's good. Um, John Metcher, you know, hey, hey, John, get well soon, man. He, he, he blew out, of, you know, I think he uh, had a ACL tear in, in his right knee. Yeah, in, in his right knee, I think. You know, running the route with that 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 Bama pose. You know that you know they call it wide receiver. You around there in Bama, so you know he he was out there trying to you know hit that that route, and you know it happens. It's the game of football. Injuries happen like that. It's nothing you can really say about it. Just I hope I hope he gets well soon, and I hope this doesn't derail his career because he done done a lot of good things for us this year. But with that said, hey hey Jay, you know what they said after the Army game? You know I I just. Just want to throw this out here. They said that, well, if this offensive line is struggling like this with Auburn, you can only imagine what they're going to do against Georgia. AJ, would you like to imagine how many sacks we gave up, that, that Alabama offensive line? I don't think I don't think they were anywhere. Really. Oh, not to zip it and zip, zip on. What I say about that Krispy Kreme light? When that light on is hot, come on in and get you some hot donuts because that's how many sacks we gave up. A donut. So... With that said, I'm, I'm looking, you know, I'm sitting here, a nervous underdog Alabama fan, and I'm like, yo, <laughs> poor old Alabama over here, we just going to get crushed. I mean, we the number three team in the nation, so that means it's two teams better than us. So, we, you know, we're going to get crushed by number one Georgia, the team that, yo, how many touchdowns did they allow up to this point? I think they said uh, just a few, like three, I think they said three. Was it three? Hmm. It was, there was a few more than that, but it, it wasn't many. Um, uh, 
You know what? I hear I heard so much, you know, praise. I thought I heard three, but maybe it was like six or something. I don't know. But you know, they came in and said, Listen, it's been a long time since a team that rushed for a hundred yards. It's been a long time since a team that passed for, you know, over two hundred yards against it. If you don't say, I think we had that at halftime. Here's the deal, folks. Let me let me let me stop dragging that out. Um, I just had to go ahead and speak my piece. In today's game, when you have an elite offense against an elite defense, most times out of 10, that elite offense is going to win. And what you've seen in the SEC championship is you've seen this year's most consistent team being Georgia against a team that had played down to their opponents and up to their opponents. And everybody assumed because of that we was going to see Georgia roll Alabama again. But what you have to understand is, look at the schedules. Just look at the schedules, right? You take Clemson, for example, a team that did not score an offensive touchdown against. Why? Because Clemson played defense. The reason that game went, the reason that game went the way it went, is because Clemson offense was just god awful. And but Georgia offense was was maybe a smidge better, but the defense was a good let's say, half a field better with that pick six. So that was the difference when they played another elite team. Whereas Miami wasn't no good, but you've seen what Alabama can bring to the table when they play another team that they have respect for. Now, I, might, I remind people, Alabama played three games this season where I felt like they had tremendous respect for the opponent. And then they played two games where they didn't respect the opponents. So the three games where they didn't respect the opponents was Auburn and Texas A&M. Because I think they respect LSU. For what it's worth, I think LSU had a good game plan. I'm going to give them that credit. They're not a good team. They just had a good game plan. Two different things. But the three teams that they did respect this year was the first one being Miami in the opener, the second one being the revenge game against Ole Miss, and the third game being the SEC championship against Georgia. In those three games, you got a focused Alabama team on both sides of the ball. You got the results of all three of those games when you had a focused team on both sides of the ball. Every other game kind of gets sandwiched in between those five, as far as I'm concerned. Now, on the flip side, you had Georgia that was take care of business so well that people never stopped to slow down and think, what quarterback have they really played? What elite wide receiver core have they really played? What offensive line have they really played? I mean, I, I get them Kentucky. I thought Kentucky had a pretty decent offensive line. But when you when you when you start breaking down some of those questions and start asking those questions, you you might be surprised what come back. Cause then you ask yourself like, oh wow. Now that I think about it, they didn't really play a quarterback that was really worth a dime. Oh, well, I mean, they played DJU. Did you say? Did you see DJ U in that game? <laughs> you want to call that elite? Okay, <laughs> cool. Um, then I wide receiver court. Well, you know they played. Um, yeah, yeah. Who they played? I'm, I'm still. Oh, well, they had that one game with the. No, they didn't play not one game with an elite wide receiver court. Not one. You know why? Because they didn't play Texas A&M or Ole Miss. But guess who did? <laughs> Alabama did. So. When you actually look at the schedules from 
the SEC West and the SEC East, it's a reason why Bama went up and down this year. They played better competition compared to what Georgia played. Georgia got they got a uh, half rung up Clemson, and then they got the they got the um, SEC East, and then the teams that they did play from the West. Like, are you kidding me right now? Yeah, they played uh, yeah Auburn, yeah, yeah Auburn, Auburn and Arkansas from the West. Arkansas. Oh yeah. No Ole Miss, no Texas A&M. They didn't even get LSU. I think even LSU would have showed us something. I don't something about that. But either way, the reason I'm gloating is because people jump to the gun because they assume that Georgia was playing at the same level that Alabama was playing. And like like I always say, you better know what you're seeing out here. This is why I told Georgia fans, do not jump the gun and say we're trash and y'all gonna smoke us. Be happy that your team is doing well. Hell, if I was a Georgia fan, I'd probably be happy too because y'all done lost a lot. Once again, I always ask this question. You done heard me ask this question. When the last time y'all done won anything that matters? Now, with that said, Alabama will have to play Georgia again in the national. Um, I I think I forecast. Let me say this. I forecast. <laughs> that Alabama will Cancel the semifinals, folks. Cancel them. Yo, get Cincinnati and Michigan out of here. But... Um, I do forecast Alabama having a rematch with Georgia for the national championship like 2018. If that happens, then I'll be back with my, my words for that. But I just want to say, you know what I'm saying? Roll Tide, baby, you know what it was. Now, to the other action that was less exciting to me because that's all I cared about with that game. Um, <laughs> the other two games I will tell you that I, I really uh, I, I paid attention to. The Big Ten Championship because – we, we talked about this, right? I think they had this a 10-point spread, if I'm not mistaken, for Michigan. And I thought this game was going to be closer. I thought our defense, which our defense did stick around for a half. For a half, they was kind of in the game. And then second half came, and it was like, eh, yeah, we're going to get what we're going to get. Our quarterback situation is pretty pretty bad. It's, it's, it's terrible. Th- it's terrible. But this is, what I, this is what I did take away from that game. So we knew – Michigan won. We had a feeling if Michigan win, they'll be in the playoffs. They'll be one or two. We didn't know Alabama was going to do it like they quite did it. So once the SEC championship game was over, people pretty much put Bama one. Like, how do you not put them at one when they manhandle Georgia like that, right? Michigan, you could pencil them in at two. Cincinnati, we, we, we felt like it was going to be in with Georgia losing. That kind of pushed Cincinnati back because nobody on God's green earth in the state Cincinnati better than Georgia. If you do, please go back under the rock you live under. <laughs> so we once we seen that result, we kind of figured out what was going to happen, right? Now, my thing about Michigan is this. What I wanted to see out of Michigan, kind of forecasting what I thought the playoffs was going to look like, I wanted to see them pass the ball more. Yeah, they had some cute little trick plays, but that ain't flying against Georgia. I did, I did not see, what's his name, McLamara. I didn't see him stretch the field good enough to make me think like, oh my God, these guys gonna realize, come out here and give it to Georgia. I keep telling people this, say what you want about Georgia, but no one in this country outside of Alabama and Ohio State can stretch the field like they do. No, Michigan don't got the wide receiver or the quarterbacks to do all this stretching of the field. Cincinnati, I just don't think have the development of the players. We're gonna see but I think Cincinnati, we're going to realize how small Cincinnati is when they play Alabama. It's going to look, I think it's going to look a little lopsided, and then people are going to say, Alabama got a layup. Oh, yeah, it's our fault, right? We, we picked the playoffs. <laughs> so, 
And I look at Michigan. Michigan got a tremendous running game, but can you rely on that to beat Georgia? I, I don't. I yeah. don't think so. I, I really don't think so. I think it's gonna take a little more. So that's what I watched from that game. But you know, congratulations, Big Ten champion. Hey, Jill, you did it. You finally did it, baby. You beat Ohio State. You still lost to Michigan State, but you're the Big Ten champ. You you did it, baby. <laughs> Pop the champagne. Throw the corks. Do it all. You finally did it. And then I did peek into the A uh, the AAC uh, championship game. I want to see what Cincinnati gonna really dust off Houston, which for the most part they did. Don't let the final score fool you. It was um it was a dog walk. In, in, in essence, I, I, I stopped looking at it at the probably the beginning of the third. I said, yeah. Yeah, Cincinnati going to go ahead and take care of this one. Let me get back to the, the main event. And, you know, I went back to watching my boys. Um, and I, I do think Cincinnati could have something for Alabama. But, when I like I say, when I watch them, I just think they're kind of small. I mean, we'll see. Your best running back is a guy that used to be at Alabama that couldn't even make the roster. I'm just saying. Yeah, you're ESPN brought it up. Throw for it. Alabama transfer is the reason why he was transferred. Couldn't break the rotation. Um, well, he, so, I mean, just just to defend the guy, he he might be kind of good. I mean, Josh Jacobs was the third back there, and I thought he was better than Damian Harris and Najee Harris, and he was still the third back. But he was in the rotation. I said this guy couldn't make the rotation. Well, yeah, yeah. You got to make the rotation before the <laughs> NFL look at you at Alabama. Josh Jacobs – to his credit, was a smart dude, three three headed monster. All you got to do is make your carries work. That's what he did. That's why he was a first rounder, and, and he didn't he didn't start no games, and he still was a first rounder. So what you said is true. I'm just saying he transferred for a reason because he couldn't make. The real quick, That's yeah, real quick off topic. Those three running backs are all starting. Just, just had to, you know, we talk about wide receiver. You all the, all the running backs from that team a couple years ago, they're all starting. Listen, Marco. If two, I just want you to know, if Tua and Mac Jones make the playoffs, and somehow Jalen Hurts pick the Eagles up, <laughs> yeah, oh, that too, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, we about to talk. We about to talk. But that's another yeah. story for another day. So, with that said, you know, that's how I feel. Uh, Cincinnati, good win, AAC champion. Listen. Oklahoma State. Remember this. I had a rant about this last week. You want people wanted to put Oklahoma State in front of Alabama. Oh yeah, Oklahoma State. They playing this outstanding defense. Oh man. Yeah. Yo, they should be in front of Alabama. They look better than Alabama. Oh yeah. Baylor said, "Hold up, hold this bill. Let me let me go and get this hot sixteen out of a hot sixteen points out of Oklahoma State. You think they got a chance with Alabama? You better stop playing." 16 points. That's it. That's how they mustered up. That high-powered offense. That's, that defense that's just as stingy as Georgia. Well, I would be just as stingy too if I played Sanford State and Morehouse University and whatever trash we got left outside of Oklahoma and Baylor. Like, come on, man. What are we doing here? What are we doing? So, I love the fact that they went out there and got beat in a low-scoring affair because, you know, their defense, we do we know this, in a low-scoring affair, your defense is supposed to be what gets you over the hump. But it didn't because they lost. And then Oregon got dog-walked again, and then Mario Cristobal hit him with the, <laughs> I'm off to Miami. Um, so that, that was neat to see right there in the, in the Pac-12 championship. And then I'm going to be honest, I did not watch one second of the um, – the ACC championship, not one. 
But um, I know the quarterback for Pittsburgh going to be somewhat in the main topic of our next topic. So I'm just going to leave it off on that. Roll Tide, baby. Ah, man, you know, part of me wants to, well, not wants, but part of me keeps like maybe somewhat thinking that because Georgia's spot in the playoff was kind of secure that maybe they didn't approach the game with the, hold on a minute, hold on, settle down. Maybe they didn't come in with the same sense of urgency, the same level of focus, but I, I don't believe that because, I mean, Kirby, much, remember, what, remember what I said on uh, on Friday? I said, look, there's three coaches I'm looking at. There's Mike Gundy, Jim Harbaugh, and Kirby Smart because, I mean, it, it's, it's time, guys. It's time. And, of course, two out of three of them just fall over. And Kirby Smart was one of them. I mean, this was – I mean, I was looking like – now, I didn't – I felt like Georgia was better just based on what all we've seen and with Bama. And it, I think there is merit to the whole SEC West, SEC East argument. I mean, the SEC West pretty much – I mean, even, even though, like, you had – you know, you've got some lower echelon teams like Mississippi State, LSU don't look that good, Auburn's down. But – most of those teams were in the playoff rankings at some point. I mean, that's how deep, like, I don't think, I don't think there's a bad team in the SEC West. You know, Arkansas was the doormat for quite a few years, but now Sam Pittman's got them, you know, playing all right. But then you think about all the other coaches over there uh, with Mike Leach and Lane Kiffin and uh, welcome to the party, Brian Kelly. It's going to be tough over here. And Jimbo, like, man, the, the coaches, the coaches, like, was it you got? I think the least notable one is probably Auburn's Hartson. I, yeah. They might have should have cut there. I, I miss Gus. I got to tell you, but man, but man, the SEC West is tough, and maybe that's maybe the whole idea of playing down to the competition is. I mean, that's somewhat valid, but Bama's competition maybe in hindsight looks better than what Georgia was dealing with because the SEC East. Even the team that we thought was going to be good for to turn out to be a joke somewhat. Like, I mean, bye-bye, Dan. I mean, I just not not good at all. And But Bama did play them when we thought Florida was something. So, so in hindsight, I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe Bama was better than what we gave him credit for, and maybe we overhyped Georgia with all just the, the defense just shutting down people that you write. I mean, who who is the best quarterback that they played beside Bryce Young? Is it could it be Hendon Hooker out of Tennessee, maybe? And like that's that's not impressive at all. Because we know, I mean, normally in a in a normal year, you'd look at whoever Florida has under center. But I mean, that's just I mean, they was in a quarterback controversy the whole year. They wanted, you know, uh Cody down there was like, hey, put Anthony Richardson in already. He's not even a Florida fan. He upset about it. And then it just it's just the Emory Jones show week after week. I, re- I will say I ha- the most impressive thing about Bama in that game was the offensive line. And you could see it early. Like, Georgia was coming. They was bringing some exotic pressures in that game early. And Bama just – Bama turned them away repeatedly. And I thought, I thought Brian Robinson was fantastic in, uh, in pass protection, p- picking up some of them blitzes. And, you know, after that uh, – the dude, the dude behind the center is just out here. He, he's he's excellent, and I don't know, you know, and you know the whole Trevor Lawrence type hype, and maybe maybe I, I need to say this for some of the next segment. But Bryce Young, Bryce Young is the truth. 
We saw what he did against Auburn in, you know, having somewhat of a Heisman moment in the drive. And then you come out and, you know, yeah, this this defense that we've been, you know, heaping all the praise in the world onto. And he just comes out here and, you know, 340 yards or whatever, uh, three touchdowns. Jamison Williams just – Jamison Williams just make people look slow. I mean, it, it is what it is. This guy just doing whatever he feel like. I, I love John Mechie and what he brings. I'm It's unfortunate that he's not going to be back for the playoffs. But, um, man, what, what an impress – Easily the most impressive win of the season based on all the juice Georgia's been coming with all year. And man, that defense, they don't, you don't get nothing against them. And even, and even with, look, Georgia, Georgia led this game 10 nothing. They led this game 10 nothing. And then all of a sudden, oh, Jamison Williams, 67 yards. And then it just started, and it, that kind of just got Bama flowing. And then when it was all said and done, you have a pick six and Georgia's down 21 points. And that was the game. I thought, man, I thought it was impressive and just I'm disappointed. You got to be disappointed that the one thing, the one thing Georgia with how well they played the entire season, they, they still get an opportunity to come back. They're going to have a, I would imagine they'll have a tougher time getting to the final than Alabama because they'll have to play Michigan. I think Michigan will be a tougher opponent than Cincinnati. But um, they they give them they I think we most likely will see a rematch. But beyond that, uh, Michigan gotta gotta have respect for them in that game. They went in there and they played with a purpose. They played like I thought after that win against Iowa, they had a great um, somewhat of an argument to be the number one team in the country. But I really think the the idea of uh, putting Georgia and Bama like two and three, the the, the committee just don't want to see the same game uh, that just took place in a conference title game in the semifinals. Like if they have to see that game again, they won it in the championship. And that's, that's honestly what we should see. Cause honestly, just by the eye test, I, I Barry and Georgia should be one and two, I think, but I ain't got no problem with Michigan being two. I, I definitely don't have a problem with not having a Georgia Bama rematch in the semis. Let, let's have it in the finals. I think they got it. I think they got it right ultimately. And Cincinnati, just doing what they've been doing all year. I mean, I got to say, I think, I think Bama. I don't know, man. I think it's going to be tough for Nick to you know get those guys, you know, completely one hundred percent focused because they, they. I mean, it's Cincinnati. So I mean, if whatever, even though they undefeated, and I think Desmond Ritter is a heck of a player at quarterback, and. I mean, Luke Fickle's a heck of a coach. I think Cincinnati might – I don't think Cincinnati can win it, but Cincinnati, they're going to come in there with their best they, – they're going to put their best foot forward. This is probably the only time we're going to see a group of five team in there with all the, the Big 12, all the stuff they're doing with expansion and all that. So I don't want to get ahead too much. But then, like, look, Mike Gundy in Oklahoma State, yeah, you let us down, guys. Uh, and Spencer Sanders let us down within four picks. You know, you, you don't th- if you don't turn the ball over that many times, um, you probably win the game. But then you got to look at that defense and say, did you really just let a, a dude in his second career start just dice you up for three touchdowns and no interceptions? What is his name? Uh, uh, what what do we have here? Blake. Is it Blake? Sh- yeah, Blake Shapin. Yeah, Blake Shapin doing whatever he wants to out there against that that vaunted defense. And uh, Oklahoma State, they couldn't run the ball, so Sanders had to do a lot by himself. But I got to say, um, 
I think Dave Aranda deserve a lot of credit for what he's done. They was awful last year in his first year taking over for Matt Rule, and then to have them win the big uh, the Big Twelve title in his second year, I think that's accomplishment that we shouldn't understate. And then what else? Yeah, uh, I really don't I really don't care to comment on the other two Power Five conferences. Uh, I really don't. I got to be honest with you. All right, moving on. Staying in college football, we're going to talk. Uh, we're going to talk the Heisman Trophy for a little. The uh, four Heisman finalists were recently announced: uh, Bryce Young for Alabama, C.J. Stroud, Ohio State, Kenny Pickett from Pittsburgh, and the Michigan defensive end Aiden Hutchinson. Drake, is this Bryce Young's award, or do you have someone else perhaps pulling an upset? Well, first of all, let me say I'm going to be totally objective to who I think should win this Heisman, all right? I don't I don't have a favorite. Um, you out of your mind you don't think I'm going for my quarterback, baby. Look, here's the deal. Nobody. Look, listen. Kenny, Pick, Kenny Pickens. Listen, yeah. this dude better worry about being a first-round draft pick next year because he ain't close to winning the Heisman. Uh, who did you play? Yeah, man, stop it. <laughs> stop, stop it with the Kenny Pickens. I'm, I'm going to keep this all the way real. This award is down to two people, two quarterbacks, yep. Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. This dude, A.J. Hutch, a, Hutchinson, let me tell you something. This is a blasphemy that he's in the, the Heisman and one Will Anderson not here. Will Anderson is smoking his stats, and I mean smoking them, in the best conference in football. He's going against the elite. Not to say Big Ten are not elite because they do they play elite football there. Not saying that, but Will Anderson should be on this list, man. Bama should have two people on this list: Bryce Young and Will Anderson. You out? I, I just seen multiple stats that say, "Oh, Hudson did this and Hudson did." I don't give a rip. He don't have more sacks. He don't got more tackles for loss. They play in different conferences. I think. Will Anderson playing the better conference, you know, until he stay on. I don't get it. The only the only knock I guess I can understand is if you want to say, well, you know, Alabama defense be up and down, so it's kind of hard to get them credit for that. We just explained that to you in the last segment. It's a reason why it's up and down. When you're playing top in, you know, week in and week out, you know, top in talent, the best that America got to offer and Canada, like – it, it, you're gonna look up and down like that, but I don't remember nobody um, mentioning old Hudson when when Mary, I mean, when Michigan was struggling with Rutgers. Wait, 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 what's up with that? So you, I mean, we talking about struggles and all, but you know whatever. All right, you he a Heisman finalist. I ain't gonna whatever. Cause you know why I don't give a rip? Cause this baby is wrapped up on a boat or my boy Bryce. Too nice, young. Veins filled with solid ice. Got that from my boy Coach though. Anyway, so this this I, I think Bryce Young gonna win this. I think CJ Stroud gonna come in second. Now, listen, I think if, if CJ Stroud had not lost, well, he didn't lose, but if Ohio State had not lost that game yep. against Michigan in the way that they lost in a blowout fashion, I think CJ Stroud will be um getting more looks for this award. But when you go out there and get smoked like that, and then you didn't get a reprieve in the SEC championship, I mean, in a Big Ten championship game like Bryce Young did in the SEC championship game, 
you didn't get that extra look or that extra opportunity to remind the voters, hey, it's me. This is what I do. You didn't get that. The one thing I will say on this list, three or the four guys played in championship week, in the championship week. Three or the four guys, right? So they got an extra look last weekend. Honestly, I don't think it, I don't think it, we really give a damn about Pittsburgh quarterback or the Michigan D. I'm just they did get an extra look, <laughs> but I don't I don't think we really give it. Like, are we are we kidding me right now? I would love to see the ratings. I think you said this. I would love to see the ratings of this game or the AA, the ACC championship game compared to the Big Ten title game. Yes, I would. The Big Ten, or you know what I'm saying? I know it ain't touching the SEC championship game. I know that much, but. I say all that to say this. I think this is a two-horse race, um, and I think it's a uh, sizable gap between Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. But I do think th- those are the two guys to look at to win this award. But it's very hard for me to see C.J. Stroud win this award without winning the championship. And you got two losses. And I'm going to be honest, the two losses that you have, eh, we could kind of look at you in them two losses and be like, oh, no, bro. You kind of came up kind of short. It wasn't like a game where he threw for like, I don't know, 550 yards and just the defense couldn't stop anybody. It, we, it had some lows in both of them games. The loss to Oregon and the, the, the blowout loss to Michigan. You, you could blame most of it on the defense, but the offense took, you know, they was like sputtering too. Um, I, I think I heard one of the commentators say, they gained a lot of yards, but they don't turn into points. That's on the offense. So, with that said, um, not not to keep it too razzle dazzle, but hey, this young man out of Southern California, number nine, starting quarterback from Alabama, out here, game winning touchdowns. You know what I'm saying? Did hey, did you happen to catch that lateral in the championship game that he threw to um Brian Robinson? Oh yeah, yes, that was that was pretty that was pretty excellent. Can you say Heisman moment? That was nice, yo. <laughs> That defender was like, what the f- <laughs> what, what was that? You know, what am I supposed to do, man? You know, what, how am I supposed to defend that bull crap? <laughs> um, but, you know, all jokes aside, I, I think Bryce Young has done enough to win this award. Now, I think, like I said, I think he put a bow on it in championship week. I think C.J. Stroud has done enough. It's going to be interesting. C- Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud come back next year. Uh, I think the, the quarterback pickings and uh, Aiden Hutchinson, they both go to the draft. Um, so when we get around to this time again next year, it'll be interesting to see where both of these quarterbacks stand next year. You know, because when you win one, they always assume, oh, he won it as a sophomore. He should get it as a junior. You, you know how we do. You know, We hype it up and get the drama started. It's I would be interested to see, do they possibly flip roles next year or how, how that work? Both of these kids, California kids, both of them sophomores, they will be back next year. They'll both be fighting to be, you know, the number one pick in the draft next year. They'll both be playing on elite teams in elite conferences, you know, et cetera, et cetera, right? So I think we can have a repeat of this. But when all said and done, man, you know, I'm going with Bryce too nice young. I'm going with my boy. But – once again, I was being objective. I was just saying he was the better quarterback. That's all. Yes, objectivity. That's what we strive for around here. Even with, I, I would, I wish I had to deal with the stress of what you have to deal with. Like, you know, you got to come on this show week after week for, you know, what three, four, sometimes most time five months, and just 
you know, calm yourself, be cool, and like, man, I'm a fan of the best team in college football. What a luxury. I definitely don't have to deal with that. You know, let, let's start with the uh, let's start with the guys who will not be winning this award. Uh, that would be one Aiden Hutchinson. Um, I got you know, it's tough for I think it's tough for defensive players uh, to win the award. I think it does speak a lot that you that he was picked to be a finalist. I got to tell you, um, maybe I'm missing something. I probably am. I, I didn't watch Alabama a ton of a lot this year. I didn't. I didn't know Willie Anderson. That's what. That's what we talking about. Will Anderson, right? That's Will the guy Anderson, who yeah. we. Oh, that's the guy who some of these get, people are thinking got snubbed. I didn't see the. Um, in the times I did watch Alabama, and maybe it does have to do with their defense, you know, up being up and down a little bit. I didn't see Will Anderson. Just didn't pop for me. For whatever reason, maybe I'm just not watching closely enough. Aiden Hutchinson, when he played against Ohio State, he popped for me. Had three sacks. All of them were meaningful. The numbers, when you look at the just the stats on on uh, face value, Will Anderson got better stats. I don't know what I was. I guess I'm just not paying attention when I'm watching Alabama. So I get it. I, I will say, like, this was an odd year, I think, for the Heisman. You kind of – it seemed like Bryce Young was kind of the guy for most of the year. Then C.J. Stroud kind of got hot, and then he moved back in front. And then um, I think that the loss to Michigan, I think sometimes the, your, what your last impression that you make, sometimes what's freshest in the voters' minds makes a big uh, – has a lot to do with things, which is probably has something to do with why Hutchinson is here. If for, By the way, if, if Ohio State beats Michigan – Hutchinson aiming in this conversation at all, I don't think. I think a great uh, – a lot a lot of him being a finalist is because of how great he was um, against Ohio State. Hutchinson don't have a chance. I mean, he, he did have a great season, um, and I think he I think he's a deserving finalist in a year where there weren't, like, a whole lot of dudes that kind of, like, stood out, you know, like, to this degree. Uh, even guys like um, – the running back for uh, Michigan State, Kenneth Walker, he was up. He was in. Uh, he probably had a shot at some point, but uh, Michigan State, I feel like they kind of fell off a little bit as the season went along, uh, especially getting drubbed 56 7 against Ohio State the way they did, which was CJ Stroud's, his best performance of the year. Now, Kenny Pickett, um, yeah, drink. It's got. It's gonna be rough, man. Because you, as you know, being a Denver Bronco fan, as you had you highlight earlier, uh, we obviously ain't had a quarterback for many years, and so you know, around this time, um, maybe a month from now, I'll be hitting the off season and like, well, man, I guess start looking at draft boards. And uh, Cody was got nice enough to remind me last night that, uh, well, this this crop of quarterbacks ain't that good. And I'm like, well, you are so right. Cause I remembered that Kenny Pickett is at the top of the boards for quarterbacks. And that tells me all I need to know. I understand guys. I understand. You want to throw them in the Heisman finalist, you know, give them a golf clap. I got it. 42 touchdowns, seven interceptions. That's nice. Uh, drink. I, I know this, this is about this season, but I got to tell, tell you, the dude got a little, um, uh, got a little bit of a Joe Burrow feel in the fact that he's not going to be Joe Burrow. He's not like Joe Burrow. He's he can play, and he had you know the best season uh, ever in college football, maybe with the sixty and six and all that. Uh, but I just want to I just want to bring that up because here are Kenny Pickett's stats uh, from twenty eighteen to twenty twenty. 
Uh, 12 touchdowns, six interceptions. 13 touchdowns, nine interceptions. 13 touchdowns, nine interceptions. Mm-hmm, yeah. That, 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 that's a little sketch, Drink. That's a little sketchy. And you know who else it got a feel of? It got a little Daniel Jones feel to it. That's another ACC quarterback. Now, I got to tell you, Kenny Pickett, at least in his final season, put up some Heisman numbers. Daniel Jones ain't never put up numbers like this. But uh, Daniel Jones was a high first-round pick, though. He was, and we're seeing how that's working out now, are we? Hello, the New York Giants. So, um, yeah, I'm not excited about Kenny Pickett when it comes to the draft. I'm not excited when it comes to Kenny Pickett um, when it comes to the Heisman because he's not winning it. Uh, you know, even against um, – I watched him play against Virginia a few weeks ago. He threw two interceptions. I was not impressed. I was more impressed with um, the receiver that he throws the ball to, Jordan Addison. I mean, that guy looked like something to me. But, no, nah, these guys they, – they, those two guys don't have a snowball's chance of hell in winning this award. We know that. Uh, C.J. Stroud, his – and uh, look, C.J. Stroud, I don't think he's going to win the award. Just I think it makes a big difference having that extra game in your conference championship game. Um, he didn't get that. I, and I hold him more responsible, I guess, for early on this season. I think early on, week one against Minnesota – the Oregon game early on in the season. I didn't think he looked, he, he just didn't look ready for whatever reason. Like uh, I think the way, uh, I think I was a little bit critical of the way um, it was, it was either the way he started games or the second half, something wasn't right. As he went along, I was very impressed. Uh, he looked like an Ohio, Ohio state quarterback. I think the one thing also that hurts him was typically Ohio state quarterbacks are they put up big numbers through the air and on the ground. He didn't really do much on the ground. He didn't no rushing touchdowns. I think he has pretty solid mobility, but for whatever reason, he's just pretty straightforward, drop back and uh, you know, throw it, sling it around a yard, which he did to a high level. Even in the Michigan, he threw for 394 and two touchdowns. I thought his receivers, uh Alave, I thought he was kind of uncharacteristic, has had a few drops here and there that kind of hurt him. And of course, we know what happened in that game against Michigan. Uh they lost the battle of the line of scrimmage on both sides. And I, I thought that's why I don't, I don't hold that against him so much, but it, it is going to cost him in this individual award. And that leads me to obviously Bryce Jones winning the award. Ain't no question about it. And what I, what I was alluding to and I almost jumped forward too soon in the last segment. Drake, I really think we got to sit here and we got to start talking. This guy needs to get, remember the same love that Trevor Lawrence got? We need people need to start You're talking about people, fresh, fresh out of high school, right? Huh? Yeah. The same love Trevor Lawrence was getting fresh out of high school, right? Yes, that just never ceased and was so over the top and just never stopped that we were critical of. I thought we were critical of that for a lot of time. Exactly. If Trevor Lawrence got all that, I need to start. I need. I need Bryce Young to start getting some similar type praise because this guy's this guy's great. And what do I mean by that? Drink. You just said I was, and I was shaking my head because you were like, "Oh, it's gonna be Bryce and C.J. Stroud fighting for the." No, no, it's not. Bryce Young gonna be the top pick in the draft whenever he come on out. And I'm just trying to show a little respect. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, maybe that's you being objective. Drink. I don't have to be. A, well, I, I don't. I don't have the blinders on, and I don't have to deal with the Alabama, um, you know, vapors all up in the air. No, Bryce Young is the best quarterback in college. He's the best player in college football. He's winning this award. He's gonna be the top pick in the draft. And um, I, I just I want to I need to see you know you can just watch if you watch the way he finished the game at Auburn 
with that 90, 97, whatever it was, 95-plus-yard drive um, to end that game. And then the, and then the clutch throws in overtime. Even after I get it, he wasn't, he wasn't great at all for the first three-plus three quarters of that game. But then you look at, look, what he was able to do against that Georgia defense, who we were told was the best defense in modern and maybe uh, the Stone Age, too. Just the best defense we ever see in our life with uh, Jordan Davis and all these other guys in there. Drink, uh, the guy, and then you just look at, um, you look at things like arm strength. You look at things like decision, decision made. You look at accuracy. You look at mobility. And then you look at the, the little bit of extra which, uh, you know, he's over here improvising, and he, it looks like he's going to run. He's past the line of scrimmage. It's not an option play, but it looked like one at the end when Robinson over oh, look what I got. I just, man, I, don't, I, need, to, I need people to start bringing the same energy that they gave Trevor Lawrence and was just showering him with the praise that I ain't never seen. If we can do that for Trevor Lawrence, we can do that for Bryce Young because he looked like the real deal. No, nah, see, Bryce Young, ain't, he ain't got long, flowing hair. He don't remind you of sunshine from the Remember of the Titans. He don't. Yeah. Maybe he reminds us of Rev, the guy who scored a game-winning touchdown at the end of that movie. Maybe he can be Rev. <laughs> maybe, right? Because um, I agree with you. I agree with you. I just don't think it's going to happen. Like, because if it was going to happen, it would have happened already. Because the thing about Trevor Lawrence is, like, like you said, him and Justin Fields came out in the same recruiting class, and you wouldn't even know it by the way that they was hyping him up, and the way they wasn't even talking about Justin Fields like that. And they both was one and two in they in they recruiting classes. Hell, Justin Fields had to leave Georgia just to be able to play as a starter, where Trevor Lawrence was giving the keys to the city. So I don't know. I agree with you though. He should de- he done more than enough to get the praise. I just don't think it'll happen. All right, it's rapid reactions. A whole lot of topics, a little bit of time. Jay, the floor is yours. All right, a recent NBA memo informed unvaccinated players against traveling outside of the country because if they do, they will likely not be allowed back in the United States. Uh, Drink, what are your thoughts on that? So, you know, I thought this included Canada, but then we kind of conversed about Canada's rule on this. So it's basically the same thing. So, uh, with that said, I, I guess the NBA just saying, stay your boop at home. Don't that we ain't got time for the fashion week in Paris. We ain't got time for the you know the water slide over here in Vancouver. Now nah, go ahead, stay at the crib, and I, I and I got it. It's probably not the most favorable rule, but I mean, what are you gonna do? Just stay at home, finish the season, and then go do what you're gonna do in the off season. Ravens pro cornerback um, Marlon Humphrey is out for the rest of the season after suffering a torn pectoral in Sunday's loss to the Steelers. Can the Ravens survive any more injuries, Jay? No, I don't think so. I think that might be the one that, uh, you know, breaks the camel's back. And uh, I don't know, John Harbaugh told us they didn't have no corners anyway last week. So um, that's why they had to go for two and all this other stuff. But, no, I mean, Lamar Jackson can probably – he's probably still get them enough – more wins to breach the playoffs but i think at most i think this team wins one playoff game and at this point i don't, that even sounds like a stretch i think uh i think all the injuries are gonna are gonna catch up to him after two pac 12 titles and a rose bowl win in four seasons at oregon mario cristobal is taking the head coaching job at miami is he the guy to bring the u back to prominence 
I think so. I really, it's a lot I like about Mario Cristobal. Um, and I think it's a reason for a guy to leave where he was comfortable at in Oregon and come down to Miami. It's a reason why he did that because he was running the Pac 12 conference, he was running it. He came to Miami, uh, uh, been a complete loser for the last on or how long. He did that for a reason. So I think, yes, I do think Mario Cristobal is the guy that could bring him back to, to prominence. Hopefully, we'll, we'll see how that works. After another loss for Oregon as uh, – sorry. Another loss for Oregon as star defensive end, Kayvon Thibodeau will skip the Ducks bowl game and his senior season and prepare for the NFL draft. Yeah, uh, yeah. This one uh, wasn't too surprising. Uh, you had him; he was the top player on all the big boards for pretty much start to finish, as far as I can tell. Dealt with a little ankle injury some of this year, but still had a pretty solid season. So, yeah, no, no, no surprise here. Bengals quarterback Joe Burrow says he doesn't expect to miss any time after suffering a dislocated right pinky during Sunday's loss to the Chargers. The injury happened. Uh, on the first drive, so uh, good to see him battle through that. You you think he'll be fine, right, Drink? Absolutely. If he say he's gonna be fine, I, I believe him. He's gonna be fine, Joe. I, for anything, I have a knock on Joe Burrow. Toughness is not one of them. I've seen him take a couple of hits and you know bounce back. And hell, he wanted to play last year. We I almost ripped his leg off. So now nah, I, I, I believe him. I think he's a tough guy. If he say so, go to State. Didn't rule out hitting. Didn't rule out hitting 16 threes tomorrow night against the Portland Trailblazers, which would break the all-time record held by Ray Allen. How many threes does Steph hit tomorrow night, Jay? Oh, 16's a lot. It would break Ray Allen's all-time record. It would also break the single-game record, I believe. It be, be a lot. Uh, I'm giving 10. I think he hits 10. Uh, I tell you one thing. He'll. Uh, I got a feeling he's gonna attempt. A lot more than sixteen, though. He's gonna he's gonna come out gun, especially a game against uh, uh, Damian Lillard. I think uh, Steph's gonna be up for that one. Oklahoma made moves this weekend to move on from the departed Lincoln Riley with the hiring of Clemson defensive coordinator Brent Venables. What grade are you giving this hiring? I'm giving this a C. I don't I don't I don't know. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, folks. I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but. We don't know what Brent Venables can do as a head coach. I'm sorry. We know we can do as a defense coordinator. And this ain't just, this ain't Oklahoma AMU or something. This is Oklahoma. So, oh, by the way, Oklahoma is going to the SEC. So, I don't know. I'm going to get at a C right now until we see a little more action. I, I don't know. He got some big shoes to fill. That's for sure. Panthers coach Matt Rule said he doesn't regret the hiring of offensive coordinator who he fired last week. What do you think of his decision of hiring one Joe Brady? Yeah, um, I thought it was a good hire. Um, I'm not sure. I mean, he only coached a year and a half. So, um, and in that time, his quarterbacks were, uh, let me think, Teddy Bridgewater, Sam Darnold, and Cam Newton. So, hey, don't forget about PJ Walker. Oh, excuse, excuse me. I'm terribly sorry, uh, Mr. PJ Walker, who is 2 and 0 as an NFL starter. I just. <laughs> Yeah, throw him in there. But I, I don't know. Like, I mean, I get it. Like, Joe Brady, I mean, he wasn't groundbreaking as he was with Joe Burrow. But you also, I, I don't know. He didn't have, I don't think he had a, the best or even, you know, much to work with to where you would expect him to do something uh, ridiculously great. So, I don't know. I think um, I think Matt Rule is a little bit hasty here. I really do. And I'll, 
I don't know. Maybe some of the we thought Matt Rule had this thing heading in the right direction, three and zero to start the year. Uh, maybe Matt Rule feeling a little bit of pressure. Felt like he had to do something. Los Angeles Lakers superstar LeBron James defended his coach Frank Vogel after Monday's practice and said the players need to do a better job of producing on the floor. What'd you think of that? He's absolutely correct. They do need to do a better. They need to do a lot a better job at a lot of things. But producing on the floor, yeah, I'm with that too. Like, listen, they need to do a better job of not depending on a, a guy in year 19 to be the the saving grace in a league that gets younger by the year. Like, I, I don't know. They, that's what they need to do. But either way, I, I agree with them. Let's see how that works. But, man, they are far from um, a championship-level team right now. Last one. We got the Bucks. We got the Heats tomorrow night live from Miami. Jay, who you got? Who you got? Well, Bucks are hot, and the Heat are stumbling a little bit. I think the Bucks keep it going. They win it. And that concludes tonight's Drink of Wisdom. As always, like, listen, share, subscribe. And thank you for joining us. I'm Jay Watts. And I'm Nathan Drinker. And remember, make tomorrow better than today. And make today better than yesterday. And you know what we going to do. We going to holler at you until next time, baby. Ladies and gentlemen, this is A Drink of Wisdom.